When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. What is going on, Billy Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here in another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And today, we have another NFL division preview. Now we're going to be doing the NFC North with Green Bay Packers superfan, host of the Sports Stove podcast, EKU crazy, fan crazy, I don't know who I'm going to call Anyway, Eastern Kentucky University specialist, Vince Stover. So without further ado, let's jump on in. <laughs> And we are joined by Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast, uh, EKU fame. <laughs> How we doing, Vince? I'm doing great, Parker. Good to be on. Uh, good. I love football season. I can't. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's here. This is awesome. It is here. We're previewing each division. Uh, we're going through each division by division and breaking down all four teams in each one. Vince, you're a Packers fan, and I gotta ask, Kentucky guy, BBN. EKU guy, Green Bay's a long way away from Kentucky. <laughs> how did that happen? All right. So my dad grew up in Illinois. He was an only child. His dad passed away when he was two. So it was just him and his mom growing up. So when it came to sports, dad just kind of, it was whoever was kind of big at that time. And growing up, it was Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr. Uh, so he was a Packer fan. I'm named after Vince Lombardi. I have a son named Brett. Um, so we're, we're dialed into it, uh, when it comes to the Packers stuff, my dad is a, is a minority owner of the green Bay Packers. So, uh, <laughs> we're, we're all in on it. It's just, you know, dad loved the Packers and I grew up when I was young, uh, you know, the Panthers and the Jaguars came around. I don't know. I was, 
I don't know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range. And I kind of started cheering for them a little bit, but I just always kind of stuck with the Packers. And of course, once Brett Favre came along, there was plenty to cheer for. So, <laughs> so it was easy to stick around. <laughs> so you're named Vince. Your son is named Brett. Do you have like a dog named Aaron or is that like pesky uh, cat come around? Is that named like the, <laughs> McCarthy? The, dog, like... <laughs> the dog's name is Crosby. Um, right. after Mason Crosby, the kicker. Now I have another dog and I have another son who have no Packer ties to their names. <laughs> uh, but uh, nonetheless, yeah. So the first dog was named, was named Crosby after Mason Crosby. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> we are in doing our previews here. We're doing, uh, what we grade we think the team will have at the end of the season. Uh, we're going to go top to bottom for the way they finished last year with your Green Bay Packers. They had a great season last season, another Aaron Rodgers MVP kind of season, uh, 13 and four. Uh, offense looked electric all year. And then they got the playoffs in Lambeau and the weather got in their way. Maybe if they put a roof on that thing, things would work better. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so my question for you, Vince, is what grade do you think the Packers will have at the end of the season? What grade are they looking to get? I'm going to say B plus. You have the question marks, right? With the receivers, especially the defense should be outstanding. I mean, we're talking top of the league defense this year. Um, They have fallen short in the playoffs last several years, but they've won at least 13 games every season with LaFleur as the coach. So I think there, there's going to be a little bit to work through early in the season with Rodgers not playing in the preseason, uh, learning the new receivers, all that kind of stuff. But they have stud running backs and a stud defense. So I think they're going to be okay. Um, they're running out of time to win the Super Bowl again. Uh, so they need, to, they need to make it happen quick. I, I'm not sure if they're that team yet this year or not, just because they don't have the playmakers. But – um, I love the defense, man. And we talk about defense winning championships. This gives them as good a chance since they've had, you know, back in the day, back when they won their last two Super Bowls with the guys like Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews, Reggie White before that, Leroy Butler. So, they're, you know, this is a really, really good defense. So let's go through. You mentioned some of the previous stars. Like who would be getting gold stars for Mr. Stover's class here? Like, like what defenders are you really trying to keep your eye on? Uh, Kenny Clark's where you have to start with. He's on the defensive line. Uh, he's he's incredible. Jerry Alexander, he was hurt a lot last year. He's a phenomenal defensive back. Maybe the best corner or top, let's say he's top three corners in the NFL right now if he stays healthy. And the defensive crew uh, with Adrian Amos and Dar- Darnell Savage are both really good too. Rashawn Gary made a big step up last year as an edge rusher, uh, so much so that they were fine with letting Zadarius Smith walk away to Minnesota. Uh, Preston Smith is solid. They're, they're shallow on the edge rushers, but the guys they have up front are really good. The front sevens is again, health is everything, right? But the front seven is phenomenal. The defensive backs are deep uh, and young at the same time. Uh, but Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander are probably the two guys you have to look at and say, man, they're both of them are top three at their position. So I know Jair Alexander is really good. Because he's a Louisville guy, and you're getting him credit. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I know he's really good. Um, you mentioned some key departures on defense. I, everyone in America knows the biggest departure was losing a guy that catches the ball a lot, right? Devontae Adams is no yep. longer in town. Uh, the receiving core is completely flipped over. I guess it looks like they got Randall Cobb back, I guess, right? Uh, so, like, yeah. he's a familiar face. But otherwise, like – Sammy Watkins NFL fans might know, but he hadn't spent a whole lot of time in green Bay. 
uh, I'm looking up and down the roster, like trying to pick out pass catchers. Like, Oh, I think I remember that guy from college or someone <laughs> he played at Clemson, right. Or whatever. So Aaron Rodgers, for all of his faults is a very good quarterback. Who's catching yeah. the ball. Alan Lazard is the guy outside of Packer fans. Most people don't seem to understand how good Alan Lazard is. Um, and Aaron Rodgers has loved the reason why Alan Lazard is on the team is because Aaron Rodgers loved him uh, in, in camp a couple of few years back. Um, he stuck around. He's, he's big. Um, he can go up and get the ball. He's not the athlete. He's not the route runner that Devontae was, but he's, he's going to get his fair share of catches this year. And I think his fair share of touchdowns too. I'm not a Sammy Watkins guy. I don't hate him. I just, I don't trust him um, at this point. And Randall Cobb, as much as I love Randall Cobb, I don't want to see him on the field a ton <laughs> this year. <laughs> so it, it comes down to the rookies. Uh, Christian Watson just got the practice. He started the, the year on the pup. Uh, so he just showed up for practice this week. Uh, Romeo Dobbs has been the story so far at camp. Uh, fourth round draft pick this year. He has looked, unless he's going up against J.R. Alexander, he has been phenomenal. And then they put Alexander on him and he shuts him down. But uh, everybody else, uh, Dobbs has been the guy. So you hear a lot of Packers talking about Amari Rogers, who they drafted last year. Uh, he's the nephew or something like that of T. Martin, I think, uh, who played at Tennessee. Uh, of course, he played at Clemson as well. He's supposed to be that Randall Cobb type of player. And last year, it just didn't click with him. But they're saying this year, it is clicking with them uh, and he's catching on and, and whatnot. So they they seem very comfortable with what they have. And as a Packer fan, I'm not too scared just because we do have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and he can make wide receivers good. Um, now that's not taking away from Devonte Adams. I think Devonte Adams is a phenomenal wide receiver, but I think Devonte Adams goes backwards a little bit this year. And I'm not sure the Packers go backwards from their 13 wins. Well, and so one interesting thing, you mentioned they've had 13 years, 13 wins each year that Matt LaFleur has been the coach. Uh, he came in and that first year, especially really wanted to run the ball. And there was like speculation, like, what does that mean for Aaron and whatever? But moving past that, we've seen it happen for three years now when Aaron Rodgers played MVP <laughs> level, a couple of those. Who is going to be, I mean, the running game is important to LaFleur. What do you see happening in the backfield? I mean, they got AJ Dillon on this roster, Aaron Jones, names that you should know, like guys that have been in the league for a little while. Yeah, Aaron Jones is going to be a top three fantasy running back. I know that's not what we're talking about today, but um, he, he's going to catch the ball out of the backfield a ton this year, and he's going to run the ball effectively as well. A.J. Dillon is a phenomenal running back. They, you look at him, you see his quads, you think, oh, man, he's a bruiser. And he is a bruiser, but he's athletic. I mean, he can make guys miss, and he can run over guys as well. The running game is the strength right now of this Packer offense, even though you have an MVP in Aaron Rodgers there, quarterback. The offensive line has been a little banged up, uh, but A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to get their yards. They're going to get their rushes. They're going to get their catches, and they're going to get a bunch of touchdowns this year, too. They should be the strength as long as Rodgers doesn't go rogue. Uh, the, the running back should be the strength, strength of this team. Uh, so you mentioned Rodgers going rogue, and I got to ask. You saw the picture of Rodgers strolling up into camp looking like <laughs> Nick Cage. What was going through your head as a fan? Was that positive, negative? <laughs> All right, so – it's relatively normal for him to come dressed up in some way, shape, or form. He's a big, big person, especially with his facial hair and different. And now is his long hair too. He's big on dressing up and doing things like that. So it didn't surprise, didn't surprise us. And I thought it was kind of cool. He looked really, very, very much like Nick Cage. So uh, I was impressed by it. 
he looked like Nick Cage if Nick Cage had hit the bench press a little bit more. Like he looked, yeah. kind of, he looked strong. Uh, I was yes. impressed. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and actually his lower body is where he's been working out the most. I mean, uh, he's he's got a really strong core. I know that sounds weird to talk about, but uh, but he does. He's that's he's he's kind of taking that Tom Brady approach of hey, if I protect my body, I can be elite. And I don't think he'll play as long as Brady because I think he has other things he wants to do. But um, he's he's taking care of his body, and unless he just takes a wild hit, he's going to be healthy. Well, and that's the trick with this game, right? Is anyone can take a wild hit. Like, like yeah. he can do everything right. Um, you know, knock on wood. We hope that doesn't happen. We mentioned to start the Packers that if they played indoors, that playoff game might have gone differently last year. A team in this division that does play indoors, the Minnesota Vikings finished at eight and nine last season, which is, I don't know if it's impressive because they beat up on each other, but that was good enough for second in the division. <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins, how you like that guy, is still at char- in charge over there. We can talk some about, you know, their running backs and their defense, those kinds of things. But first, I want to hear what kind of grade do you think they'll have come seasons in? Uh, I think in their case, it's I say A minus. Because I think they push for the division this year. I'm not sure they win the division, but they're a playoff team. Uh, I think they're a dangerous team uh, this year for sure. And so let's walk through why that is, because I think, again, you look at a team that was eight and nine a year ago, that means some major things are going to change, right? Uh, what are those things you see changing? Head coach is where it starts at. They got a new head coach. I love uh, first year offensive coaches in the NFL. Uh, I always say they're going to go over on their win total. They're going to be high octane offenses because they're going to come in with something fresh. And when they do that, it's going to work at least the first year. And then it might taper off. I mean, you go look at Matt Nagy. His first year in Chicago was a whole lot better than the rest of his years in Chicago. So, <laughs> so I kind of lean that way with him. I think the offense is loaded. Um, Kirk Cousins, he's not a superstar quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but he can play the position. He's throwing to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen specifically. And then Dalvin Cook, who's been injured again a lot as well, as a great running back. And then they've got running back depth behind him. Alexander Madison has been has been solid when he's had to play. And they drafted a fifth-round running back, Ty Chandler, who I think is going to be a phenomenal pro running back. So you look at that offense, and the offensive line is fine. It's not great. It's better than it was. They've got a lot of high draft picks on the offensive line. I love the offense in Minnesota, and I think when you look at a relatively weak division, we'll get to Detroit and Chicago in a little bit. Um, I think I think they're going to be really, really good this year. Well, and so you mentioned that their coach is coming out as an offensive guy. He spent two years with the Rams and a year in Washington as the OC, but he's a quarterback guy specifically. That was his position, I guess, if you go farther back in his resume. Um, I don't know a lot about Kevin O'Connell, except that they hired him and it was like he was the Rams OC. I was like, oh, that was a good offense. Like, I, like, I, yeah. I, I didn't know that he was there. I just kind of tied that all to McVay in my head. Yeah. Um, do you think Kirk Cousins can open it up in a way that like, I'm assuming it's going to look like the stuff McVeigh does. And that stuff is very fast forward, very futuristic feeling, or is it going to be something more like what Washington did a few years back? I think it's going to be a mixture of the two. I think um, there's going to be a lot of innovation in it. Uh, but when you got a guy like Justin Jefferson, that's running the routes, I mean, you can do a lot of different things and cousins, he's a game manager. I, maybe he's better than Alex Smith was, but he's, he's that kind of quarterback. So he's not going to make the big mistakes. Um, unless you make him make the big mistakes, which I think was the fault of the coaching staff in the past. Um, so I think he's going to come in and have a really solid year, uh, you know, and, and look at being, uh, you know, 
a lot of positives and very little negatives when it comes to Kirk Cousins game this season. Again, we've seen him have surprising seasons of past all the way back to when he came in and filled in for Robert Griffin, right? He was like yeah. the fourth round pick that just so happened to play in front of Griffin after Griffin got hurt. They do have to play defense though. We've been a lot of time. Like, we could talk a whole hour on Justin Jefferson. He is that kind of good. Adam Thielen <laughs> is that kind of good, but they yeah. have to play defense. And unfortunately those guys don't get to play. I mean, I guess you could, but they don't play defense. So what are they going to do on the defense side of the ball? They got to cover Aaron Rodgers' guys. Yeah. And they're old. Um, which isn't usually a great thing in the defensive backfield. Patrick Patterson's there. Uh, Patrick, yeah, Patrick Peterson, sorry, is there. I like Patrick Peterson, but again, he's he's on the backside of his career, I think. Harrison Smith seems like he's been there since I was two um, at safety. So, I mean, he's been there a while. They've got Daniel Hunter, who's who's a phenomenal edge rusher uh, and does a great job. He's, he's one of the better ones in the league. I like their defensive line as well. They got some tough guys up there. But, again, they're aging at linebacker. Zadarius Smith comes over from Green Bay. He played, I think, six games last season. He's been hurt for the last two or three years with back issues. So I don't think that's great. They're also going to start a cornerback they got from Green Bay named Shandon Sullivan. And there's a reason why he's not playing at Green Bay anymore. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's there's holes in the defense. The offense is going to have to put up a fair number of points this year, I think, um, at least against those good teams. But, again, you're, you're also playing guys – like Chicago and Detroit. <laughs> so, you know, you get, you get four games right there. Um, that helps you out as well. No, definitely. I will say when I saw Patrick Peterson, he's played 11 years in the NFL. I was surprised it was only 11. I thought we were closer to 15. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Same, same with Harrison Smith, I guess that they have him yeah. down for 10 on pro football reference. And I thought he was on the other side of, of the decade and a half marker too. Um, okay. So you're thinking they're going to push just because the offense and the rest of the division is fairly weak. They're going to push to maybe, you know, mess with the Packers at the top of it. We do need to dive into the other half of that division though. <laughs> Last year, Chicago came in third. Uh, they're at six and 11. Uh, they're, they're looking at a little bit different coaching staff as well. Um, maybe not with the same success or expectation of success. You know, I guess we'll let, leave that up to you here. They went defensive-minded, though. What what would you assume the grade will be at the end of the season for the uh, Chicago Bears? I've got them at a C. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really bad year for Chicago. Um, and I hate that because as much as I don't like Chicago, I love Justin Fields. They did not do anything to help Justin Fields this year. And uh, they brought in the new staff. Uh, so that you got to give them time to grow. I don't think year one's going to be a great year for Chicago. So I'll give them a C. Well, and so let's talk fields first, because that is the bright spot. I think mm -hmm. we can all sit here and say it. We've seen out of Justin Fields, whether it's at Ohio State, I guess even technically in the stuff, he didn't get to play a lot at Georgia. But then in his rookie season, he shined when given the opportunity to, I think they can feel comfortable in what he's doing. They don't have to worry about, do we have to bring in Nathan Peterman or whatever? Like they're, they're doing okay. Um, <laughs> They've got next to nothing around him. So yep. what what can then we look for? If we're just looking at just Justin Field before we get to the mess, what are we looking at there? Man, you're just hoping he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> that really is everything with him. I had him ranked as my number two quarterback coming out of the draft. Still feel pretty strongly that that's where he should be. Um, you put him in a different situation. You put him in New York, for instance, with the Jets, and that team's a playoff team, I think, at least. Um, but at Chicago, like you said, they've done nothing with them. So the, the bright spot is you want to just see them get better, right? Make, 
quicker, quicker decisions and stay healthy and get through this season, try to make it respectable. And then hopefully next year, if you're, if you're a bears fan or a bears player, hopefully next year, they put some effort into the offense uh, to give him some weapons. Well, and so speaking of those weapons, I, I look at this list of, receivers and tight ends and it's it's not a ton of names i, I mean equinemus <laughs> st brown i guess is a name i'm a little familiar with but he's another former packer right and i think yeah. you said about someone earlier there's a reason he's not there <laughs> um Nikhil harry i think you know getting away from the pressure of belichick might help him but he also kind of crumbled under the pressure of belichick um do you see any big time pass catchers or anyone that's hopeful along this roster or is it really going to be Justin Fields out there on his own? I love Velas Jones, their third-round draft pick out of Tennessee. He's going to be a starter by the end of the season. I'm not sure if he'll start to begin the season or not right now. They don't have him listed as a starter. He will start. He's he's definitely a top three receiver on this team right now. Um, EQ, St. Brown, you know, his brother is in Detroit. We'll talk about in a second. Um, but EQ, he was, he was good in Green Bay because he was – he was that fifth guy that nobody was paying attention to. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not, he's not a number one wide receiver. Neither is Darnell Mooney. Neither is Byron Pringle. They don't have a one receiver. I'm not sure if they have a number two receiver um, outside of Jones. Now, Nikhil Harry's interesting, right? What happens getting away from new England does all of a sudden something click for him. Uh, Can they make something happen? He's got potential, but at some point the potential runs out. So I love Velas Jones. I'm uh, not a huge fan of really any of the other receivers. Cole Komet's good, right at tight end. He's a good tight end uh, and serviceable for sure. Um, so when you can look at pass catching, though, man, they're just they need someone to step up big, or they need Justin Fields to be elite, where he makes someone really good. Well, and he may be elite one day. I just think it's a big ask to ask for it to happen this fall. Yeah. Um, to, to their credit, and I, I don't know how much credit Chicago deserves, but um, they did. You mentioned that third round pick, Velas Jones Jr. That was their first pick in the draft, right? <laughs> like, like, right. So, like, they, as early as they could, I guess they could have traded up. Well, they had two second round picks. Um, they went defense with both of those guys Brisker from Penn State, the safety, and Gordon, a cornerback, I think from Washington. Oh, I guess I got a, a list of offensive rookies. They went early, they went in the third round looking like, that's relatively like they just didn't have the first round pick they could go spend and right. get some type of big, uh, you know, like a, a Garrett Wilson or they couldn't go get that guy. Um, right. They could have traded up, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. But they didn't. They have a defensive minded coach. There's a whole generation of people that cannot separate Chicago from defense because they were alive in the 80s. <laughs> Is their defense going to be any good? Is there anything hopeful on that side of the ball? Man, with Roquan Smith one now, that hurts. Um, I I love Roquan Smith. And I've said this last couple of weeks, I'd love him so much more if he wasn't on the Bears. But I was a big <laughs> Roquan Smith guy coming in. Uh, and if he sticks around, that's going to help them for sure. They got Robert Quinn rushing the quarterback, and he's he's still uh, good and serviceable. Their defensive backs are, are okay. Um, Eddie Jackson – uh, again, they, they drafted Brisker out of Penn State, who I really liked at safety as well. They're they're an average defense. Um, and if they lose Roquan Smith, then they're getting closer to that sub-average defense, I think. So, you know, you think about just a couple of years ago, they had Mack 
uh, or even last year, maybe. No, I think they, I don't remember when they traded him, but they had Mac there for a while. Then they, and, and they had Roquan Smith with them and they, they were a, a great defense and now they're just average at best. So I, I mean, that's another part of the thing. And they did some stuff on, on the draft day to, to help the defense out. Um, they're going to start two rookies on the defense, but it, I just think it's a down year. And I like Eberflus, by the way. I thought it was a good hire to bring him in. I don't like the staff that he that he got. was a little surprised. thought there would be a better hiring, especially on the offensive side. They go out and get Luke Getze from Green Bay. He was the quarterback coach. Um, you know, he was, he was not successful in college as an offensive coordinator at A&M. I'm not sure what he's going to do, you know, in the pros. And maybe in time, I just didn't think he was ready for it yet. And then you give him the talent you give him. So um, it's going to be a rough year for Chicago, I think. And they will get better eventually, uh, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, we'll see, is there any vision around it? Because I think we, right. we've touched on Justin Fields a couple times. Like, that's a guy you can have a vision for, but it's how do you start to play and put it around? What's wild, though, is that that's, as of last year, was not the worst team in the – I should actually pause. <laughs> well, you mentioned Roquan Smith. Yeah. In your opinion, because this is – we're recording before it's happened, if it's happened, is he traded? And if so, or if not, does he play? I, guess. I think he gets traded. In today's day and age, it's very rare for a star player to come out and say, I want out and not get out, unless he is only saying that to get a better contract. Um, like Debo Samuels did, but it doesn't seem like that's what the situation is here. I think he realizes this is a rebuild and he doesn't want to be a part of it. So I think ultimately he gets moved and they should be able to get a decent value for him. So they should be able to get a return for him. And I kind of, I'm, I'm of the, the philosophy, trade a guy while he's got value, get as much out of him as you can. And Roquan Smith is not going to be the difference maker for Chicago this year. So if you can trade him and get a receiver and draft picks, I mean, go out and do it. That'd be, that'd be my, my thoughts on it at least. Well, and we mentioned that like they don't have a one or a two receiver, right? So like right. if you get a two receiver and a draft yeah. pick, like, and then you can hopefully draft a one, right? Like yeah. things can start to add up very quickly. But anyway, they, they were not the worst team in the division as bleak as the outlook may be the worst team in the division might have a fan favorite of sorts in Dan Campbell. The Detroit Lions finished the season at 3-13-1. and one. Uh, they, they hold on that one. I'm sure that's one's really important in Detroit. But 3-13-1, and one, um, famously traded away Matt Stafford about you know, a little bit earlier than this time a year ago and then went on to watch him win a Super Bowl. Talk to me, I guess I would say as a Packers fan, but everyone's looking at the Lions and thinking some of the same things. Where do you think their their grade will be at the end of the season? I'll give them a C plus. I think there is optimism in Detroit. Um, they're still not going to be good. Um, I think that I've seen their win total at six and a half, and I went under that. Um, so I think they get more wins than last season, but you're looking at like five wins maybe. Um, but I think the future's bright. Uh, you get them a quarterback. Uh, I don't think Jeff Goff is the guy. Uh, you find them a quarterback that they could get if they get one or two, number one or number two in the draft this year, there's quarterback sitting there. So then you're talking about a future there. They've they drafted a future receiver who probably won't play this year, or at least won't play for a while in Jamison Williams. He's going to be a stud when he's healthy, though. They've got some other pieces there that are really good in the run game, in the pass game. 
They've started to upgrade their offensive line through draft and free agency. The defense is getting better. And Dan Campbell, I mean, when they hired Dan Campbell, first of all, I said, what in the world are they doing? But the team rallied. I mean, they love Dan Campbell. And if the team likes them, a lot of good things can happen. So um, will they ever win a Super Bowl with Dan Campbell? I would say no. But I think they can become respectable again with Dan Campbell. But this year is still going to be another rough year. But they need to tank this year. They need to get number one or number two and go out and get a quarterback like a Bryce Young uh, and and really plan for the future. Well, you mentioned Bryce Young. It's interesting that, like, if Jared Goff had any interest in job security, he's the only person on the roster trying to win games. Um, (laughs) They have a lot of rookies across the board. Um, In the first round, I guess second overall, Aiden Hutchinson from nearby Michigan. And then at the 12th pick, they want the receiver. Um, I actually – do you know off the top of your head, is Jameson Williams going to see the field this year? Can we expect anything out of him? And then I want to get into Hutchinson and the defense a little bit. From what I understand, if we see him, it'll be late in the year. Um, I'm not sure when that would be. He's definitely not going to be ready early in the season. And I, I guess I mostly ask about that because if they, if it gets to be, you know, October and they hadn't won yet and they're like, we could bring him back. It's like, why, why not just right. make sure he's healthy and get him a good quarterback in the draft? Like, you know, go get him the Ohio state kids name is uh, CJ Stroud, right. Or, or, Stroud, or yeah. go get Bryce young or go get, I've seen some people talk about your Kentucky guy. Like people talking about Will Levi, right? Like, Oh, Levis, Will Levis. <laughs> and no, <laughs> listen, I know, I know I'm from Kentucky. I know you know me as big boo nation. I'm not a Kentucky football guy. Never have. Been. <laughs> um, I grew up in Tennessee. I was a Tennessee football fan, a Kentucky basketball fan, because I didn't know Tennessee had a men's basketball team. So I cheered for <laughs> Kentucky basketball and Tennessee football. And that's been my whole life. So uh, Will Levis is a fine quarterback for college football. I don't think he's going to be a good pro football quarterback. So he will not go top two. (laughs) Completely. And I think what's interesting is that, like, this is not a 2023 draft podcast. (laughs) I I think that someone will take him in the top ten. I just don't know that they're going to be happy with it. Anyway, um, they they can go get a quarterback if they tank, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball – Again, Aiden Hutchinson was a top-tier prospect. People were looking at him as maybe one of the number, the number one overall guy for a minute there. Uh, he fell to them at two. Uh, defensively, maybe it's because I see Dan Campbell, I think, like, I want to run through a wall, and that feels like right. tackling someone. Defensively, do they have any hope of being better? I mean, they might not score a lot of points, but can they keep them games in a low-scoring, close kind of atmosphere? I think if a lot of it falls onto their defensive backs, Jeff Akuda has not been what they hoped he would be yet. Um, he still has a chance to be that. Um, right now, they don't even have him listed as a starter. He's a backup cornerback. So they need guys to step up and play. I love Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I thought it was great that he you – know, I thought it was good for Detroit that he was there. Um, I thought he should have been the number one overall pick personally. They've got a lot of veterans on the defense, not a whole lot of young guys that are going to play a whole lot this year. So they're kind of – they seem to be building offensively more so than defensively, and I think they can get by with what they got. They did get a Kentucky guy as well, Josh Paschal, in the draft. Um, he's going to be serviceable for years to come. I don't know that he'll ever be a star, but he's a good player. Um, Kentucky has put out some really good defensive players in recent years. It's just a matter of 
playing hard, right? I mean, how, how much does it work? And uh, I mean, you're a coach. I mean, there are guys that you look at and go, man, if they didn't play hard, they wouldn't even be on this team, but they do play hard. And because they play hard, they take care of opportunities and, and things, good things happen. So you play together and you play hard. A lot of good things can come from them. They do have good coaching, not just with their head coach, but their defensive coordinator. They've got good coaching. So they're going to be, again, I, I think they'll be respectable. I mean, last year, they I think they lost – I don't remember. It was like five games, maybe by one score. They, they had a bunch of close games. And uh, so, I mean, I think this is a team that can be um, can be respectable, especially if they can get a different quarterback. Because, I mean, they got, they got great running backs. I, like, I love their top two running backs. They've got good receivers, good tight end, decent offensive line. And, you know, average to above average defensive players that can turn into, you know, something special at some point in time. So, again, respectable in Detroit standards – is you know five wins <laughs> so I, I think they're that fair enough fair enough i also i gotta say that like their schedule kind of looks tough out the gate and that may mm-hmm. shift just who gets to play and who doesn't uh, my last question on the division though vince is do you think it's a one or two or crazy world three playoff team kind of division it's a two playoff division. I think i think green bay is in that 12 to 13 wins i think minnesota is in 10 to 11 wins and that could flip-flop. So, I mean, uh, those two teams should be playoff teams. I think they will be playoff teams. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we'll come back, and if something crazy happens, we if the Lions win <laughs> 10 games, we may come back and yeah. talk to you about recapping how our grades <laughs> went wrong. But, Vince, you do a lot of things at Belly Up, so I want to give you a minute to tell people where can they find you and all the stuff you're doing and all the recording you're doing. Yeah, so uh, Sundays, I'm on Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live. We air at 8 o'clock on Belly Up TV and Belly Up Fantasy Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff uh, we're covering. We're winding down to the end of the fantasy baseball year. So uh, tune into that. I I co-host that with Kevin Wilson, who I just beat in our Fantasy Baseball League this week uh, (laughs) as well. Uh, Then I've got my show, the Sports Stove Podcast. Right now, we're airing two two times a week, but we're going to go three times a week as the football season gets started. Um, my dad joins me for, will join me for two of those episodes as we preview and review college football and pro football each week. And we're going through college or pro football, uh, divisions right now, going through all those. And we do fantasy rankings as well. And then I have a once a week episode where I cover Eastern Kentucky university. And, uh, so we're diving into the football season right now and have athletes and coaches on each week and, uh, doing a lot with EKU this year, doing a tailgate show and some different things going on too. So, uh, big, big supporter of the EKU program and uh, really pleased with what they're doing, especially in football and basketball, phenomenal coaching staffs and, and uh, good teams as well. So uh, then I'm on social media at Sports Stove, Twitter and Instagram as well. Again, that's a lot of different things taken, but you want fantasy. He's got it. You want football. So he's got it. You want small school, uh, mid-major college football, mid-major college basketball mid-major softball whatever the story is Vince is finding it when it comes to EKU so all kinds of stuff going on there uh thank you so much for putting on today Vince I know you're a busy busy man but appreciate you stopping by hey thanks Parker I appreciate it go Pat go okay Parker so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports what do you think about that thesis statement Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beers between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But 
You're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the Beard Struggle. The Beard Struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're a listener to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, do you feel like you have a better handle on the NFC North now? Thanks to Vince. <laughs> Thanks again to Vince Dover for coming on today and talking to us all about the NFC North and his Green Bay Packers. After hearing him talk about the division, I guess it's easy to brag on the Packers when you have that kind of a division around you. Again, you can find him at the Sports Stove Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You can find this podcast and all social media platforms on Instagram. We're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN Sports 2. That's F I N S P R T S number two. All one word. On both of those social media handles, we go to the link tree in the bio. From the link tree, we'll get to all of our sponsors, including Yeti, my bookie, the beard struggle, and in the clutch.com. We can get all your t shirts and stuff for your teams and other fandoms. Also on that link tree, we'll get to our merch store. We have different t shirts, tanks, hoodies, mugs, caps, all kinds of things to rep the show. And each item donates to various charities. So make sure you go check that out, help out great causes, and support the show. If you're looking for me and my stuff on social media, you can find me at Painsworth512. That's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be tweeting about things that I'm writing, things that I'm recording, other shows I've been on. I'll also be tweeting about the Rockets, the Texas Longhorns, a bunch of losses on sneakers, and those kinds of things. So if you enjoy interacting with that, make sure you find me on Twitter. If you're looking for a way to support the show for free, make sure you hit like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, give us a great review, do all wonderful things to have with the podcast, and whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. 
This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.